Hello, WeanCast listeners. We're going to take you to the episode in just a second. But first, we wanted to take a minute to tell you about our awesome Patreon page. If you dig our podcast, then you should check us out at patreon.com. There, you'll find tons of exclusive material not found on our regular podcast. Yes, exclusive episodes, bonus tracks, and other especially brown shit. We've got rare tracks straight from legendary taper Fred Moore's own private vault, including a truly bodacious Sorry Charlie, as well as part two of our epic interview with Claude Coleman, drummer of Ween, of course, where he shares such shit as how he came to join the band. Hint, couch surfing at the pod was involved. And a conversation about, and among other things, the pandemic with Tomato 11, band leader of Sound of Urchin and Ween Friend. We're just scratching the surface here. We've also got a vinyl series where we discuss highlights of Shane's swank vinyl ween collection, exclusive episodes covering ween side gigs like the gigantically brown Jimmy Wilson group, as well as articles and pics from our heart to yours. All told, we've got 10 plus hours and growing of materials just for our patrons. We dig doing this podcast and we're glad you're listening, but it just isn't big enough for all the crap we're dishing out. So we needed somewhere else to put all this extra stuff we've got. So check us out at patreon.com slash podcast. See ya! And now, back to the episode. Weencast. A ween podcast with Shane and Rory. Hey everybody, welcome to our part two. The Conduit in Trenton, New Jersey, February 7th, 2002 conversation, which we will start up again after a brief word from our friends. Enjoy. Welcome back, my friends, to the zine that never ends. It's Don't Get Too Close to My Fanzine, issue six. This issue, we've got amazing work from comics to art to articles, to cats, and even an article from your very special heroes, Rory and Shane. You know it. Don't get too close to my fanzine. Is over 60 pages of ween content. You know you love content. Check out theweenzine.com for pre-order information. Should be coming at the beginning of March. Don't get too close to my fanzine. Is the world's only zine about ween, and it's only available to every single person in the world. TheWeenZine.com, babies. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Your old pal here, August Forming, a.k.a. Fred Moore. Just wanted to let you know about a new show I am co-hosting with my old friend Pitts Quattrone called Birds, Bands, and Baloney. We talk a little bit about the Philadelphia Eagles. We talk a lot about bands. And we talk a lot, a whole lot of baloney. Our pilot episode just premiered on 3721. Please check it out at my YouTube page at Freddington One. That's the number one, not the word. Also remember, Bill and Fred's Excellent Adventure every Sunday at 3 p.m. on the same YouTube channel and Facebook Live. And now, back to Shane and Rory and Weencast. I know, I love them too. Another beautiful song acoustic is "Sorry Charlie," that yeah. um, that they played, and you know that's another one that had pretty decent rotation that couple years during the early two thousands, but still never really got a lot of play. But uh, but it's beautiful acoustic. It's another another great uh, yeah 
Great tune. The, the jazz effect is in full effect. It's really interesting. I never really noticed that before. And now I'm feeling it's like I feel that imprint on a lot of his stuff mm-hmm. all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. After that, you got Ohio. Yeah, dude. Which, you know, now it, it's a it's a cover song, obviously. But and we've heard it. You know, we heard them do it. Uh, was the Electric Factory show. Am I right? The This when they opened with Ohio. Yeah. Well, one of one of them, not both of them, but yes. Yeah, one of the uh, one of the Electric Factory shows they opened. Oh, with... dude, those two those two shows blend together for me still. So I'm <laughs> yeah, sorry. yeah. But I mean, again, you know, Ohio on acoustic. Uh... Yeah, no, that's fantastic. Ohio is just a really amazing song and a great fit for them. I mean, they just they make that shit sing, man. Yeah, dude, Claude has some nice falsetto. Uh, how many more? You know, <laughs> like it's pretty sweet. You know, shout out to Claude doing some back back and vocals. But you know, you know, I always say like they don't do a lot of covers, so the ones they do it ends up heightening their importance. You know, and so it's a great shout out to Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. It's funny because you know the banter leading up to that. Someone they mentioned. Someone mentions Ohio. Well, Diener's saying. You know, oh, we're getting on the end of our little wooden set. So, you know, it's like he's making a joke about the acoustic. Yeah. And he's like, oh, so what, did anyone want to hear anything? So someone says Ohio. So he makes a joke that, you know, oh, we could, we'll do Sweet Judy Blue Eyes if we're going to do anything. Yeah. And uh, and he's like, you know, joking about, he, he makes a kind of a joke about how, how far he can get into that song. Like, oh, how can you catch the sparrow? I can get to that. You know, like, like he's probably thinking through his head, like, like, how far do I know the guitar for that song? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like I can, I can butcher it and fuck it or fuck around for the first few minutes at least. And, um, Gina makes a joke about it. St. Sweet Judy Blue Eyes being about a dude killing his girlfriend, which I don't know anything about that. I know. And then, and then Gina just says like, I don't know what it's about. <laughs> yeah. So it's just funny. But, uh, but then they rock out Ohio, which, which is definitely, you know, an awesome cover. So totally, that's baller. Man. Then they and wrap then up it- the acoustic set with if you could save yourself yeah which is the first time right that that's played yeah man another awesome tune done on acoustic yeah dude you know if you think about the way that song is on the album version especially you know it's just like so like powerful and when you hear them do it on this show and the acoustic version i mean just deaner on that like dun 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 yeah, the driving rhythm sort of like, right? You know, powers you through the song. Yeah. So I mean, he nails it on fucking acoustic guitar. It's great, you know. Yeah, dude. No, it's 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 a great tune. And you know, I had this reflection or sort of moment of realization listening to it. You know, the song builds and builds and builds. And it's one of those um, Ween right. songs. Uh, you know, not unlike Buckingham Green, I suppose, where it has this crescendo and it sort of builds and builds. But this, but in this case, you know, it, it, a lot of it's driven by Gener singing those lines right you know over and over again like with that like raspy like you know laying everything out like grating like pounding sort of voice that's mirroring like the guitar you know it's like building building and building 
And then at the very end, you know, I was noticing Glenn kind of comes in with these with the keys and um, it totally made me think of Radiohead. It totally made me think of like an earlier Radiohead song, something like a moment off of off of um, the bends or something. I could see that. I could feel that. So, yeah. So I don't know. You know, it just made me think about, you know, possible contemporary influences. I know often we think of, you know, the bands that predate Ween, classic rock and stuff and people who influence Ween. So that made me think of some of that, if there was any of that interplay. And maybe I, maybe it's just something I made up, you know. But the other thing that made me think of, dude, is what's really fun about having like a whole new era. And these are now like the first time these songs are being played. Mm-hmm. Like we're going to get to hear these songs as they evolve as live songs. Right. You know? So that's going to be, I'm pretty excited about that. Like between us, we've went to a lot of shows in 2002 and 2003. Uh, we're going to really get to see these songs as they, they change over the, the course of that time until the album comes out. Well, like since you mentioned, you know, Radiohead, it's like, you know, if you could save yourself, it's definitely one of those songs where Junior's not afraid to like just put everything out there. And again, on like the album track and in this version, you know, this is the first time it's ever been played live in both versions. You know, you can tell he's already got it like fleshed out for this show, but mm-hmm. You know, he's just, you know, like, he's just, like, belting it out. He's just, like, screaming. You know, especially on, like, the album version, you know, it's just, like, you know, he just wants to fucking scream. And that's, you're right, that's a very, like, Radiohead kind of thing. Yeah, totally. And then the keyboard just also really just gave this, like, and I was like, oh, man, this is kind of like Radiohead. Right. But it, it's 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 almost like one of those things where you're sort of seeing like him like behind the scenes for the first time kind of i don't want to say the song is because i don't you know i I don't know exactly like what it's about but i assume it's about like his relationship with his wife or his first wife you know whatever and i think like up until you know this time there's always been that sort of like thing with ween where it's like ah you know I'm, i'm too cool for school you know what I mean? Like, oh, you know, like, oh, you think that's what it's about? Oh, yeah, whatever, dude. You know, fuck, fuck off, you know, like, fuck you, you know, like, but like, you know, on this track and this song, like, you know, it's, it's, it's all like serious. There's no. Yeah, dude, it's autobiographical. It's, um, it's about something, you know? Yeah. It's just like, it's something that, you know, was, I don't want to say wasn't done at all before. Cause that's not true, but like, it doesn't have the like it doesn't have that like snarkiness like about it. It's very just like open and honest and ugly, if you will. You know what I mean? Totally, dude. Totally. That's, you know, that's what it's about. That's, you know, it's just, there's no like bullshit, you know? Well, Diener remarks that, um, you know, I think they both do that. Quebec is like a darker album. And, and I, I feel like a lot of people will, will, will note that Quebec signals a certain sort of maturity in the band. And, uh, and, and it's sort of this darker side, you know, where they're like, you know, laying some things bare. And it's and, and like you said, it's not just fun and games. Ween's not just a joke band. They they also have a serious side. And like, you know, so. So, yeah, dude, no, it is. And so it's a great song to wrap up the um, the acoustic set on because it's just absolutely like this big crescendo, this big moment. And it's like, you know, laying it all all bare, all for everyone. Totally, man. So yeah, dude. And then, so the electric set, which is um, 16 songs, so just about the same length, opens up with You Were the Fool, which wasn't the first time it was ever played, but uh, very rare 
song from Golden Country Greats, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's not. Mm-hmm. There's only a few songs from Golden Country Greats that get any sort of real play time. Um, you know, like a Japanese cowboy, piss up a rope. You know, um, Mr. Richard Smoker. So, so at any rate, so to hear any other tunes off Golden Country Greats for me is just phenomenal because that's one of my like favorite albums also. So that's yeah, awesome, man. And, and dude, first off, this to me is the highlight of the show. Like this track was was just an awesome jam, just an awesome jam. What's really funny about this is the fact that that's the first song that they play electric and it's like, well, why wouldn't, if they were going to do that, why wouldn't they do that acoustic? You know what I mean? Like not complaining at all. Cause it's fucking amazing, but it's no. And it's, it's sort of like a, yeah, it's an, it makes it an interesting way to like segue into the electric set. Yeah, that's, that's true. It's, it's, you know, they're easing it in, but here's the thing, dude, really quick. The, um, it's interesting because we talked about how this has been a departure from the previous era and it's like this new era of Ween. All this new stuff and half the show's acoustic. Even even the songs that aren't acoustic aren't like, you know, the heavy metal Ween, aren't like super big jams, like most of them aren't. And it's like, you know, these big, heavy, you know, loud songs. Like that's not really a lot of what is going on at this show, you know? Yeah, I mean, you can tell that they made a decision to have this be a night that's a little bit more on like the like quiet side and it fits because like we said yes. it's a small place it's it's in trenton you know which again is like their you know like their hometown so it's just like it's definitely a different night like altogether. this is kind of like this is kind of like art school ween <laughs> you know it's kind of like art school ween and next thing you know it, it, they're gonna be um nico case is gonna get involved and they're going to be doing shows with Andy Warhol and it's going to get fucking whack. So that's, this is like art show ween era. Like, yeah. Okay. But yeah, dude, no, the electric set is um, still really awesome. Right. And you were the full start has this really slow beginning that almost like you don't even notice it at first. Right. Like I can imagine being at the show and not even realizing that they actually started playing yet. Because Diener even says, he's like, oh, we don't have to go anywhere. So they just like quick flipped out like right there on stage. But it has this like, it's like kind of like psychedelic, slow intro. But anyway, dude, it's a good track. And so that's definitely my favorite. Absolutely. It has a, yeah, it has this a beautiful intro to it. And I think they kept that like going forward then when they would play that live. Because I remember the show that you went to a couple of years ago in, uh, in Pittsburgh they played mm-hmm. you were the fool and it has yeah, that like yeah, yeah, yeah. you know it has that sort of like slow like intro where they just kind of like you know blend into it Good so memory. yeah so that's that's a really great uh that's a really great track after that band on the run dude and this is a great version they th- this song uh is always rare but it's been getting a little bit of play around this time period this is the best version i've heard it is a really good version yeah man i mean and there you go mccartney wings come on I mean, how can you go wrong? You know? Yeah. McCartney <laughs> at the height of his non-Beatles powers. Fantastic. Fantastic. 
again, it would have been it would have been really fucking cool if they would have done that acoustic. But uh, you know, don't don't get into that. <laughs> so that's a great one, dude. How are they gonna do the? Do, 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 do. How do you do that? That acoustic? I don't even know how you do that. You know? I can't figure that shit out. I, you know, I just... uh, yeah. Have to watch a YouTube tutorial. You got uh, pork roll after that, which I, you know, that's in my, that's definitely in my top ten. You know, probably. Top oh, five. that's a great tune all the time, and it's you know that's always good to hear, even though it's played more often. Right. Roses are free. Stallion, part three, and then transdermal celebration. Yeah, first time. F- for the first time ever. You know, that would be sort of like what would become the token single from Quebec, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, mm-hmm. now, and even like by this time, you know, this the Quebec comes out in, in 2003. I'm jumping ahead a little bit here. But like the, the era of like the single is, you know, is kind of like not really like a, you know, because it's not it's like MTV is starting starting to like get away from like videos anyway and yeah totally you know what i mean so it, it's it's t- especially for like rock bands it's like you sort of still had to have that like token single but it's not like as prevalent as it was in like the 80s and 90s anymore mm-hmm. but that's what would be like the single for Quebec and yeah dude and they you know i was listening closely to it you know, because I, you know, speaking of how the songs evolve as they play them more, and these songs feel very well formed uh, early on. Whereas yeah. I felt like some of the White Pepper shit when they were playing it early on wasn't as well formed. And this is a great example. Diener has just a fantastic solo in this song, as everyone knows that listens to the song ever, and he just blows it out of the water like day one. You know, so so these aren't like you know rough drafts. You know what? Hit the ground running. Yeah, it's pretty, you know, the the majority of these are pretty well fleshed out, you know, they really are. And great song, you know, it's it's one of the ones on Quebec that has like that, you know, take no prisoners kind of just rocking, rocking your face kind of feel. Yeah. And um, just a great, just a great tune. Again, another one of that night. That's it's the first time. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. I mean, it's like one after another. Like I I can't even think of another show where you would have so many. I mean, you got to go to like I guess we'll have to see how it goes with La Cucaracha. How how those songs get get sort of introduced. But but man, so many songs for the first time. It's just pretty wild. And then after that, I mean, just out of fucking left field, Sweet Texas Fire. I know, dude. I had to be like. What's that? <laughs> what is this ridiculous song? I don't know if if at the time I could like sing along to that one, but I definitely like knew of it. <laughs> you know, but it's just like where the fuck does that come from? Yeah, now that wasn't the debut of that, but but very uh rare. Right, right, right. Uh, it's it's a it's a another like sort of like rockin' tune. I don't know. It has kind of like a rockabilly sort of like thing to it. You know, like uh, it's basically like a song about like rednecks. Yeah, no, I, th- I believe Sweet Texas Fire is a redhead from Texas. <laughs> Sweet Texas Fire. But what's really funny is what comes after that is the very first time. Hey, there, fancy pants. 
is played. And they're almost like the same kind of thing. It's, you know, I, I wonder if Hey There Fancy Pants wasn't sort of like born out of Sweet Texas Fire because they, it's it's like the same kind of like Bennett, Nanette, Bennett, Nanette, Bennett, Nanette. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, dude. Well, also, before they do Hey There, Fancy Pants, Geener says, if you love Mr. Richard Smoker, right? And he's alluding to, you know, they sound, those two songs also sound very similar. So, so you're in Sweet Texas Fire, that goes back to the Golden Country Greats, right? So am I, am I wrong? Is that, I that's think like so. a, a yeah. B-side, right? Right. So, so, um, you know, and then so to have Hey There, Fancy Pants, I, I don't, again, I don't know the, the lineage there, but it absolutely sounds just like i mean they could all those songs could just be like a little mini collection there you know of of tunes that are similar because they're coming from that same similar time period yeah i mean it's it's like one of those things that if i hadn't heard if i if i wasn't listening to both of them right after each other like that i wouldn't really have like put it together but it's almost like as soon as they're done with sweet texas fire diener is just like fancy pants fancy pants right and (laughs) you know it's kind of like, yeah, it's pretty much like the same thing. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. But it's the first time that, hey, their fancy pants is, is played. And again, that, you know, is one of the songs from Quebec that winds up on Quebec. Yeah, dude, at this point in the show, I mean, just about every song they're playing is either a debut or incredibly rare, you know, because then you end up with um, a string of them toward the end, Albino Sunburn Girl. This is sort of like the... Um, the hypno jam part of the uh, the show, yeah, where it kind of gets a little brown, a little bit slowed down. Albino sunburn girl, Uva La. sort of culminates with Zoloft, you know, which is the first yeah. time that's played as well. Another, another one of the, the big Quebec tunes. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, you got two, well, actually three, because then after that, they kind of pick it up. Yeah. And, yeah. Different, different some, tone. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck some shit up with it's going to be a long night. So that's like three, the Diener Thrasher. Yeah. So of three, the night really is. It's like the only big like thrashing song. of the night. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. So you got three songs in a row that are played for the first time ever. Uva la Zoloft, and it's gonna be a long night. I mean, it's just like, dude, what what more do you want? You know? Yeah, dude, it's it's crazy. It's crazy when you think about putting together the set list. You know, conceiving of what are we gonna play tonight? You know, because you could have played, you could have played all these. Uh, they could have played all these songs from Quebec for the first time. And it would have been an amazing show. But not only that, they played other songs for the first time, like Joppa Road. And then also just tons of other songs that like are just incredibly rare. Like Sweet Texas Fire was played 30 times. You know, it's like the Stallion Part 5, you know, we're about to get to is one of the last songs they play, right? 62 times, you know, it's like, yeah. damn, son. And <laughs> and so it's just pretty fucking incredible. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Yeah. 
And then after, yeah, after Stallion Part 5, Buckingham Green, and that's the, you know, that's the end of the night. Yeah, you you know, that's an interesting song. I I, I, want to say that's not usually a show ender. Right. And it's played a lot, but I always love Buckingham Green. You know, it seems like maybe they just wanted to bring it around to something that, like, everybody knows again. You know what I mean? Like, you know, well, let's just... Yeah, true that. Let's just throw them another bone of something that, like, everyone can kind of, you know, sing along to. Um, Yeah, dude, true. True that. And there's no encore, but it's like, you know, hey, I'm not going to start complaining. You know, uh, (laughs) I, I think that everything sort of, like, fits together. Now, I'm repeating myself a little bit, but, you know, small club, hometown show for the most part. Okay, let's just, you know, or, you know, where they got their start was Trenton, right? And I think this was probably more of just like a small, intimate kind of thing for like friends of the band and, you know, whoever else can get tickets. Totally, dude. And and it, um, other things worth mentioning, it's, it's more of a standalone show. It, it's definitely not just, uh, they actually start a tour uh, in April. Right. So this is, uh, they do a couple standalone shows in February and March, you know, or April, you know, leading up to that real tour. And then, and, and this is the first one. So, so you're right. It is like, and it stands alone. And, and I think you're right. It's like a, like a little special event, you know, sort of friends and friends only almost. It's almost like a peek into what they're up to, you know, like at that time, it's, it's a little bit more of like a, like peek behind the curtain than it is of, you know, like your traditional ween show. Yeah, dude. No, and, and it's, um, it is. And, you know, we already obviously mentioned the whole acoustic set thing. You know, not a lot, very light on the heavy, heavy stuff. Very light on that. Um, not a lot of jams, you know, like Voodoo Ladies, obviously a standard. Uh, and that's, and it is shredded pretty hard once again. Yeah, it's a great version of Voodoo Lady. Yeah, uh, can't put my finger on it. Doesn't have the extended opener. You know, so like they're not even like even the songs that they play that they might normally jam out on this show, they're not doing it that way. So, yeah, it's like it's just interesting, you know, how it is a certain like, you know, and it's very intentional, obviously, you know, like lighter, like lighter on the lighter side, uh, chiller side, showing a more introspective. Like, I feel like this is all like heading towards Quebec and that like maturation that um, that's been talked about. You know, and and some of it is a little darker side, right? Of like, you know, life's not always roses. Roses mm-hmm. aren't always free. <laughs> but this is like the beginning of all that, like heading toward that, you know? Yeah, man. So you want to, um, so we actually have a, um, a little clip from, from Fred and, uh, and be ill. And, uh, so, so how about we, um, you know, uh, share some, um, some of that, you know, want to, we want to roll that tape. Yeah, Fred was uh Fred was there that night and uh, I'm pretty sure he uh he taped the uh the show along with a few other dudes so we have to thank Fred for the uh for the tapes and um and be ill like we like we said uh sat in with um with uh Chris for the uh the opening set. So they were cool enough to record a little clip for us and uh and check in with some of their memories for the show. So why don't we roll it now? Yeah. Roll the tape. All right, everybody at Wingcast. This is welcome from Bill and Fred's Excellent Adventure, live from the bunker on Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, folks. Excellent Valentine's Day. (laughs) We want to thank Shane and Rory for uh, having us here again. And uh, we're here to tell you our memories from the Ween Show at the Conduit and 
Trenton, New Jersey, 2702. Psychedelic Chicken wants in on the action as well. <laughs> anyway, my memories of the whole thing are, um, I went to the show and I was only one of maybe four tapers. Conduit was a relatively new place. Scott Redner was actually the guy that was in charge of the music there. This Ween show was one of the first ones. They were trying to make a little new scene at the Conduit. They had a downstairs room where they had an open mic that Bill and I played one time. It's a real scene, man. And Big Mike. Remember we did the, 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 the uh, what were we? The, the heavy huge, trio. The heavy trio, right. Me, you, and Big Mike. So that for the Ween show, getting back to that, sorry, I digress. We were heavy. You were just part of the trio. It was a great night. I remember Bill was asked to sit in with Chris Harford and Rana was the opening act. The recording kind of speaks for itself. It was a great night just all around, packed house, and a, a lot of my friends' first Ween shows. And that's pretty much my memories of the whole thing. I, didn't, I, I remember Floyd being really drunk. You want to take it from there, Bill? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, <laughs> I had a good time playing with those guys. It was a great show and everything. I'd met this this girl at, what's the name of that place? Maxwell's in Hoboken about, uh, I don't know, maybe six months or so before or something. I can't remember when, I think when Tattoo Urchin. Tattoo girl. I think, or yeah, when Urchin was playing there with uh, Mike Watt, I think is when we were there. Yeah, it's probably about the same, about the same time frame. <laughs> so we were hanging out. Things were going well. She's coming home with me. And then Scotty Chalk from Sound of Virgin came up to me. He's like, hey, man, he's just like, Floyd's not doing too good. You know, I don't think he, he needs some help. You think you can help him out? She was kind enough to, <laughs> we like, I was like, can we bring Floyd with us? Because <laughs> he's really drunk and he's going to go out in the middle of Trenton and he's going to get raped and killed because his car was parked not in some not very good area. The place I'd be scared to go and I'm not usually scared. We took him home. She helped me carry him in the house because he couldn't walk from the car to the house. He was so wasted. The next morning, we, we went into the car, and I dropped her off, and then I went down to Trenton and brought Floyd back to his car. You know, I had, I just rem I remembered something else. And, when, um, you know, Floyd R.I.P. actually by now, cause, uh, yeah. not by now, but I mean, he's, uh, he's no longer with us, so God bless him. Yeah, God rest his soul. You came up to me with her and Floyd while I was packing up the recording gear, and the oh, look on oh, your oh, face oh. said it all. You were like, um, I'm not going to need that ride home. And um, if you see uh, any of Floyd's friends or Floyd's girlfriend, just tell them that uh, we got them. Anyway, there you have it. Tune in to Bill and Fred's Excellent Adventure Sundays at 3 p.m. We're going back to now that football's over. And the Invitational uh, Wednesdays at 8 p.m. to yes. 10 p.m. Yeah, 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. on the Invitational Facebook page. We want to thank Shane and Rory for having us on once again on Weencast. Hey, Bill, you, you, know, you know what I say? Excellent. Ausgezeifnet. Ausgezeifnet. Love you all. Cool. All right, well, that's, you know, that's, that's funny, dude. And thank you, Fred and, and Bill. It's always awesome to hear from you guys. Uh, and everyone totally checked them out. Yeah, Bill and Fred's um, Excellent Adventure, I think uh, I want to say every Sunday still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're rocking out on Sundays. Yeah. Check them out on YouTube. Check them out on Facebook uh, for all the deets. But yeah, dude, no, that's funny. So yeah, and we also have some uh, some some uh, fa some Weencast fans chimed in. We asked we asked uh, listeners to, um, to share with us some of their stories about this show, uh, knowing that this was like a huge, a huge show. And, and for a lot of people... 
this was like, you know, as Fred mentioned, a lot of people's like first show and what a first show that was, right? And so we actually have some, um, some listeners uh, kind of send us in their stories. So, um, so should I go ahead and share, share those? Yes. So this first one we have is from Keith. So take it away, Rory. All right. Um, okay. So this one's from Keith. My friend Sarah got tickets for the show somewhere. Don't quite remember. I wasn't too into the computer thing back then, so she printed out some MapQuest directions to the venue. This being my fifth ween show, we left for the show with intentions of getting there kinda early. Lucky we did. Ended up running into a detour. Mind you, this is before I had GPS at least. So, drove around Trenton for about an hour, trying to find the place. Was ready to give up. Then there was. We were both underage. 19 to 20, using friends IDs we got in as expected. She beelines for the front row, Dina's side. I grab drinks and find her. Showtime, acoustic, don't shit where you eat. One of my faves at the time. Heard rumors of an acoustic set leading up to that night. Chocolate Town was unknown. Joppa, I didn't know was never played before. And then if you could save yourself, which was badass. I remember everyone going nuts after the come in your mouth line. Ohio! I remember being a little flustered with all these new songs. Electric set. Band on the run! Transdermal was a new badass song for me. Think I talked about it for weeks, but Sweet Texas Fire really caught my attention. Albino Sunburn Girl was a real highlight, and a first for that. Uva La was incredible. Then Zoloft? I didn't quite get that until halfway through, and I put it all together. Z-O-L-O-F-T? Zoloft? Was probably getting pretty drunk by this point. This would probably be in my top five shows out of 45 plus. Dave's singing Long Night was definitely up there. Too much to talk about. I'm getting drunk re-watching the show. My real highlight is coming up though. Stallion Part 5. I heard for the first time the summer before at the Beachcomber in Mass. Really wanted to hear it again. So I yelled and threw my hand up with a five, and they played it. Gina asked what the five is about. Then they play it. Teamwork. Gonna end it on that note. I got a little drunk towards the end and rushed a bit. That's what I got. Hopefully this works for you, Mang. Dude, that's so awesome. <laughs> Thank you, Keith. It totally does work for us. <laughs> that's awesome. No, it's a great story. Um, and... For the record, that was me doing a voice. <laughs> that was not actually Keith. Yeah, so now my question would be, did Keith come all the way from Australia for this show? or? <laughs> well, that's, what, that's all I got, dude. That's what I got. Thank you, Keith, for contributing. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Keith. I hope, uh, I hope you don't mind us doing that, you know, but, uh, you know, nobody wants to hear us in our own voices, you know, like, you know, talking somebody else, do somebody else's story. You know what I mean? Like, you got to make it fun. Well, we got one more, um, and this is from John. So, um, so yeah, should I go ahead and we can share uh, John's little story from the evening? Yeah, this is from John. Hi, Shane. <laughs> more memories of the show at the Conduit on February 7th, 2002. Start with it was my birthday. Still is. I lived at Brookridge Farm at the time. BL and Doodoo were my roommates. I had just started seeing Alyssa, my now wife. This was our first show we saw together outside of JMP's. 
it was death exciting because we knew Glenn was back and the conduit was a cool fucking club. Before the show, we were hanging around the bar area. May have been a coat room or some shit. A little hazy. And I looked over and saw Bill straight up making out with this little punk rock chick. I almost did a somersault. The Rev was getting down. She came home with him and stayed at the farm overnight. From memory, the stage at the conduit was more in a large corner rather than the standard straight across a back wall stage. We settled in on the left side of the stage, back about halfway in the crowd. George Altonin was just to the left, left of us next to the wall, and a bunch of New Hope friends were around us. When they opened acoustic, I was, we all were, kind of amazed. George yelled, sorry Charlie, after every song. It was incredible to see them play full band acoustic. Joppa Road knocked me the fuck out. Sorry Charlie, was obliged. But I recall George kept yelling it after every song anyway. He drank more back then. The electric set was equally as good, of course. Band on the Run and Zoloft sticking out in my hazy brain. It was an awesome fucking birthday with a great big bunch of my friends. Awesome. Yeah, dude. John, thank you. That is an awesome story, first off. Um, but hell yeah, dude. No, John, that's so awesome. You were living at Brookridge at the farm at the time. So that's crazy, dude. Uh, we'd have to, we'd love to follow up and chat with you at some point. I he guess, sound, but... he sounds like a Charles Dickens character or something that, but you know, <laughs> well, you know, he's, we're reflecting back on the old times, <laughs> but, um, but no, dude, that's so fucking cool. And, uh, and also reinforces the idea that, you know, this was kind of like an insider show with the people that were a lot of people that were there. Totally, man. Totally. So, yeah. So thank you, um, you know, to, uh, to some of our listeners there, to Keith and John for, for pitching in your stories and, and Fred and, and Bill. Um, yeah, dude, you know, I feel like, um, you know, this show in so many ways, like, you know, we talked about how this is like this new era for Ween, right? And, and so I feel like this really is like a quintessential show for that time period. You know, like you, I really liked how you put it that they sort of, um, it's like a sneak peek into like what they're up to, you know, like, right, like a little behind the scenes ish a little bit. And, and I, and it really is awesome seeing them immerse themselves so heavily into acoustic, you know, I, I, I just really enjoy seeing different sides of ween. And, and so I, you see that here, this signals a new era, but also the beginning of an entire like second half almost of like Ween's whole like uh, history, you know, and that's something that we'll get to as the years go by. But um, but this is kind of like what you're going to be getting from Ween, you know, not full acoustic sets every show, but this is kind of like what you're going to be getting from Ween a lot of for me- for many years to come. So it really is like just showing like what's the future, you know, what's the future going to be like. Yeah, man. I mean, it's like we were saying, it's the it's the beginning of like a new era. It's the, it's the the dawn of a new era. 2002, and again, we're jumping ahead, but 2002 would be sort of like 
the beginning of a little bit of a rough period. But this this show and these first few shows of, you know, that year, I mean, they're fucking brown as shit, man. They're fucking great. Yeah. Less people want to think that only the old, old shit can be brown. Like, there's so much brown going on, and it's not even funny. And you're right, so we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but... You know, the uh, Claude has his accident, you know, the second half of this year. And these are just a couple. This is like the first show that the band hasn't played for three months. The whole big tour was five months. So they've had some time off. Like they're chilling. They're fresh. Glenn's back. The five-piece band. You can tell that they're in their element, really enjoying what they're doing. Uh, doing new things, you know, like trying new things, showing off new songs, you know, and then really fresh about it. You know, like, so... It's, it's sort of like um, the energy's there, right? The karma, the po- positive like energy, and, and it's all the things are working together, you know, right? Even the opener, right? Harford and Beale, it's like, it's sort of like a, a calm before the storm, right? You kind of mentioned how, yeah. you know, some difficult times kind of lie ahead. And, and, and again, not to get further along, but Claude has his accident. And obviously, you know, history speaks for itself on that. He ends up being, you know, get, ends up recovering, you know, a challenging, difficult recovery. And it was dicey. But then, you know, but then it's not too long before uh, other, you know, life intervenes, right? And so, but uh, we'll leave that on a cliffhanger. Ooh, ooh. Tune in next time. <laughs> but yeah, dude, just just a phenomenal show. I would 100% recommend this. This goes up there with, with some of a uh, few other shows that we've meant that I've said this for, which is uh, this is one of those ones where it's like, if you want to introduce someone to ween, this would be a great one to share to just, just to be like, dude, listen, if you're going to listen to one kind of disc or whatever, one show from ween, like this should, this could be it. That's It's that kind of show. Yeah, man. I mean, the only other thing I'll say about, about this, this was at the conduit, like we had mentioned. And at the time it was a new venue and you know, we always joke about seeing the Electric Factory shows, you know, which were like, you know, back-to-back years. They played there again in 2004, which neither one of us got to see that show. But I know that's always been one of those sort of like dual, you know, shows. Like, you know, when I put the feelers out there about, you know, getting stories for the 2002 Conduit show, there was a bunch of people who were like, well, I know I was at one of them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like between 2002 and 2004, you know, they played the conduit twice and it's like, I think they sort of like run together for a lot of people. That's the the only other thing about like this. It would be, those would be the only two times they would play this venue. Yeah. And that's really, and that's cool too. You know, so <clears throat> it's not like a venue they play a lot, but it's still from that like local, like home base area. The Jersey shows usually rock pretty hard. You know, they're technically a Pennsylvania band, but, but in so many ways, Jersey claims ween and for good reason right so it's yeah dude it's cool i you know that's about all i really got <clears throat> as far as the show goes i you know i got it i'm glad that you went to it so that we got to listen to it because what a good show yeah man i mean like i said this was a this was definitely one to go back and, and revisit because i totally had forgotten like how how brilliant it was and how many songs that they played that were new that night and just uh <laughs> I mean, just amazing shit. Yeah, dude. Twenty. It was a quarter of the set list. 26% of the songs were brand new that day. 
And that's just fucking nuts. So, and and more than half of the songs were bona fide rarities. Yeah. You know, so that's that's <clears throat> insane. Is all you can say about that. Insane in the membrane. It's just fucking yeah. It's crazy, man. But you know, like we like we said, we're getting on to sort of like a new period. And 2002, we have a lot to talk about. We're just scratching the surface because that was the first show of the year. And between Rory and I, we saw a lot of shows that year. Yeah, dude. This um. Yes, I was realizing that too. This is a year where we both kind of see a few shows on our own, kind of, right? Mm-hmm. And so between us, there's a lot of shows and a lot of great stories. So so we are just getting going on 2002. Uh, we'll probably be, uh, be talking about 2002 for a little while now. You know, I'm excited because it felt, you know, like after you get to talking about <clears throat> White Pepper songs and, you know, the, you know, like sort of. 2000, 2001, things start to blend together a little bit. And then, um, so it's nice to kind of have this fresh, fresh thing. So I'm really excited about that. But there's some really, we'll get to them, but we got some fun stories and some, uh, and some, some dark stories, you know, of things to come, you know, in the, in the annals of, of, uh, in the annals of, of Ween, <laughs> as it were. You just couldn't resist, right? You just couldn't resist. I couldn't resist. <laughs> So yeah, dude. So so we're w- open up a can of uh, can of whoopee on uh, on 2002, and this is a great show to start start us out for sure. Absolutely. So we just want to say thank you to anyone who's listened to this and stick around and stay tuned. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for sticking it out and uh, be true, be brown, be true to the brown. How's that sound? Is that cool? Can it go on a shirt? Be true to the brown. Be true to the brown. Be true to the brown, everybody. Cool. All right, guys. Well, peace out, everyone. Peace, everybody. Thanks. What's up, Ween-heads? It's Travis from West Brandywine Woodworks here. I'm back with an exclusive offer for Weencast listeners only. As you know, West Brandywine Woodworks creates handmade items for the home, and I would like to extend a 10% discount on all orders and free shipping on all cutting board and serving tray purchases over $100. Just mention Weencast when you place your order. It's that simple. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Don't forget to mention Weencast for your 10% off and free shipping on board orders over $100. And as an added bonus, I'll even hand deliver to you if you're within 30 miles of the shop. For quality you can depend on, come to West Brandywine Woodworks and mention Weencast. Boognish lives!